4: For those watching on video wondering why I'm doing funny faces Reed does the video since Eddie left the show Reed also takes pictures during the show So I do a bunch of poses <laughs> So he can have the pictures for promotional stuff but the poses aren't real during the show because he's got to run video now. They, they, they used to be. You know what I mean? Mm. They used to be pictures of me actually, like, I don't know, performing. Now they're pictures of me acting like I'm performing so he can run video. Thank they're, you. They're planneds. <laughs> they there are you go. Plannededs. Yes. Thank nice. you. <whistles> All right. This is a big episode because it is episode 69. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Season one, episode 69, 25 whistles. That's a lot more whistles than we thought, boys. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of whistles. It's a lot of whistles. So this show brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings app and use the code BobbySports to get in on the action. Uh, Burt Kreischer's coming up in a little bit. Actor, comedian. He has a new movie coming out tomorrow called The Machine. If you hear me refer to it as today. Do I end the interview? Yeah. Okay, that's okay. Just know that we were initially going to put this out Friday, but now we're like, let's put it out a day earlier. Cause everybody rocks. Wait, I mean, they deserve this. They deserve episode sixty nine. <laughs> so he'll come on. We'll talk about him always taking a shirt off in public. How that happened. Wait, well, it first started on stage, and now people want him to do it in public. But he's super funny. I hope you stay and you listen that long. Everybody good? We're good. I know oh, Kevin's yeah. good. Freaking Celtics won. I told you they would. And I hit my bet. Yeah. I hit my parlay I hit both of them. Everybody counting those smiles. There is a segment coming up too where I'm really upset because I bet a bunch on the Lakers. We recorded this on Tuesday, the segment we're going to air later, and I say it's Tuesday. I just wanted to capture how disappointed I was with life and me and the Lakers and my bank account all at the same time. So that is a segment we purposely recorded so you could hear it, and we'll do it coming up before the final thoughts. But your thoughts, down 3-1 Celtics. Kevin, you got to get the one before you can get the two, three, or four. Your thoughts? Yeah,
5: agreed. I'm not even remotely excited yet until they get a win tonight. If they get a win tonight, I will be excited. I'll be like, okay, there's a chance. There might be a chance.
4: I think to say that you're not remotely excited will be false because remotely means not at all. It means there is no center of excitement. And there is. There's a base for your excitement. You're excited to hopefully be excited. Yeah. Ooh, that's deep. Because if they win, you'll be excited. How exciting is it that you could be excited again if your team is only one game down?
5: Yes, yes. So, yeah, I'm excited to get excited. So there's a little excitement in there. So I guess not remotely, but they need to win tonight. It's very small excitement. And then very, very, very minimal excitement. I watched the game the other night, and I had zero reaction energy probably for the first three quarters. I was watching, like, game one of 82 regular season because I didn't want to put any emotion into it. And it turned out great. So that's that's the game plan you're putting a lot
4: of emotion and not having emotion. I know how that feels too. Yes, yes. So there's emotion, but it's really hard to do that thing where you don't have emotion. Yes. So I hope they win. I do believe they will win again. The line is. I mean, they're such a favorite back in Boston. It at one point it was like nine or ten. It's at eight now because it's starting to adjust from it being just a crazy favorite. Again, they're gonna win here at home. Here's the thing. You don't. You're not saying this. I'm not a fan, so I can say whatever. There is no jinx if you're not a fan. Mm-hmm. I think they're definitely going to win tonight. I thought that the whole time. If they go to Miami and win that game, it's over. They will not lose Game Seven. It's o. If they, so I, they'll win tonight. Don't get so excited though. If they win Game Six, they'll be the first team to ever come back from o three in NBA playoff history. And what will be annoying for people like me is to have to hear Boston's done it in two sports and only Boston's done it. Now, I am rooting for the Celtics because I'm rooting for you. And I don't have an interest in this. So my interest is your interest. And I appreciate that very much. It worked the other night. I will take it. They will win. They will just win. (laughs) That's it. We'll, We'll talk about the bet in a minute. I think their coach is getting a little... He's getting beat up a little too much. The invoke thing now to do is to is to beat a is to beat up a first time coach. That's in over his head, and if true, okay. But think, and they're like, we got to fire him. But Think of all he's learned from this run.
5: Now Miami had their uh, flight delayed three hours. But does see that, that. Dun, dun,
4: dun. and that's great. But listen, think of that, Missoula, whatever his name is. Yeah. Think about all he's learned from this. You're gonna invest all this in him of the full season. He's gonna go. Let's say he gets beat in game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm -hmm. Or game seven, Eastern Conference Finals. And you're like, well, I guess he just wasn't the guy. We couldn't get our players to to perform. But the year you invested in him when he didn't perform, he's been able to learn so much. And you're going to cut that now? I know you don't like him. Well, you don't like what he's done so far. And I think you've been... I think you have been... You have the toxicity in you from other people talking about it.
5: Yeah, I see a lot of it, but I'm more so on the players than him. And even before la- last game, I talked about the players not showing any energy. And then even in the first half of last game, they didn't really show much. Came out in the second half, and he called timeouts. It's just simple things like calling a timeout when the Heat go on a 9-0 run. Like,
4: Absolutely, Duke. and you know, he's probably learned now. And he did that last game, and look what happened. It's like sending somebody to school for three and a half years because you're going to hire them to do a job. And you're like, ah oh, man, they didn't quite make the grades I wanted. <sighs> ah, screw it. I'm gonna stop paying for their education and not hire them. You got half a year. You just invested three and a half years, and I'm finish it up. Let's see what's up. Give him a nut. Let's hire him for a little bit. You yeah. just spent all this time and money on them. He's got this entire education now. Also, Tatum's just not that. Tatum's that guy, but Tatum's not that guy because he's not a vocal leader. He is. His personality is not to be. I'm that dude. Follow me. Let's go. Now he's going to play really well. Except for his fourth quarters, except for the last game, have been, I don't think he made a bucket, except for he made five, five, uh, five, five uh, shots in the last game, in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Five field goals. So, I don't know. I just wouldn't fire him. I don't care what happens. I'd give him one more year regardless.
5: Yeah, no, I agree with that. You can't, not after one year, no. And he's the Brad Stevens guy. So Brad Stevens ex- signed him the extension. He's going to keep him around.
4: They did sign him the extension this year, but people are yeah. like, who cares? Fire him. One more <laughs> year, regardless of what happens.
5: Yeah Big Missoula guy.
4: And I'm not. I'm a big guy of (laughs) if if you're going to give somebody a year and you know they're new, they're going to do things that new people do. Mm -hmm. They're going to have pressures put on them they've never had, and they're probably going to screw up. But the question is, can they learn from those screw-ups and do it better in year two? Not even year two. Give them a year and a half. I think it's such a – so many coaches are being
5: fired now in the NBA, too. You're like, really? Really? So it's just – I think it's a hot commodity right now.
4: Phoenix. I mean, look at Quinn Snyder, who went down to Atlanta Mm -hmm. and really turned them around quickly. And people are like, why would he take that job knowing that these other jobs are going to come open? But I think he took that job because he knew what he could do. Mm -hmm. So, good luck. Thank you. I hope you win. If you win tonight, it's all on game six. Gabe Vinson is out now, by the way. Really? Yeah.
5: I mean, he had 29 a couple games ago, so
4: fingers crossed. Hey, things are looking up. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get excited, (laughs)
5: though. I'm not. I don't know. I don't know.
4: Okay. okay, we're here. We got a lot to do. Let's do the Tittle Tattle first. It's time for the stupidest name ever. It's the Tittle Tattle with Kickoff. Cannon. You know what I've become obsessed with is buying personalized golf balls? Used to back in the day, I mean, even a year ago, you would go and you'd go, I'm going to write this funny thing on a golf ball, and it would take three weeks or so to get to you. Four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. You put a picture on it, six to eight weeks. And you're like, why would I even want to care to order that? Because... It's going to be like 70 bucks, and then it's going to take eight weeks. I'm not even going to remember buying it. I'm excited to have it now. And then so you just don't do it. Well, now, this is not a commercial. I'm not even going to say where I get them from. I found a site that ships them off in like five days. Really? So, yeah. Are they all Arkansas for you? I can buy those already. Okay. But you can put like your own pictures and your own words on them. I guess unless it's like, S-My-D. You probably (laughs) can't do that. (laughs) I don't know if you can or not, but it's it's probably like an NFL jersey, right? You can't put, you know, penis on it. So, but I haven't tried, but that would be hilarious. That would be. Let me see if I can put penis on it. (laughs) Balls on a ball? Oh. Yeah. I wonder if there are rules because it's not like a... Anyway, there's a site and they get it to you in like a week. And so I ordered... Why I got to the site was I had ordered some OU balls for my father-in-law. And what had happened was the OU reds and the Arkansas reds are the same red to me because I'm colorblind... And I grabbed the OU balls and played with them. And I was like, God dang, I was going this is gonna be a gift. And now I've just played with these balls. I've lost some of them. And you can't give, I'm not gonna give them one little sleeve, I had a whole box. Yeah. So I was like, I gotta order some more. So I found this side and went to it. And I was like, while I do this, let me see how long it takes to get the picture ones. So I took a headshot of me. Some of the new ones I did. And I just put it on put my head on there. <laughs> and they came quick and they're hilarious. So I just ordered some more. I have a whole box of them that I put my wife's head on. She doesn't know yet. She doesn't play. I'm just going to play with them. That's awesome. My Caitlin balls. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'm probably going to put some Stanley Boulder. To- Again, <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you the site because this is not a commercial, but that's become my new obsession. And it's not that much more. It's like seven bucks more. Oh, really? Yeah. So you can get a noodle with your head on it like (laughs) 20 bucks a box. That's awesome.
5: Promo code Bobby's Balls. Promo code. nice, Mike. Play with Bobby's Balls. That is correct.
4: All right, tittle-tattle me.
5: All right, LeBron is already talking about whether or not he's going to retire this offseason. And looking back, who is the most annoying athlete that you've had go back and forth
4: between retirement? Well, Aaron Rodgers recently was pretty annoying. I don't want recency bias to take me over. So I'm going to go Brett Favre because that one was... That was that is stupid. Over and over again. And they were like tracking him with a helicopter and that was the worst. It was the worst. And I liked Favre fine. I didn't dislike Favre. I just became annoyed with that same little song and dance. Mm-hmm. It's just so weird when Roger started doing it too. Also because of the other parallels. The Packers. Basically the same stats. Favre also went to the Jets. Yeah. Played with the Jets for a while. It's so all oh, that's so, that's bizarre. He's like bizarro Favre. But I'm going Favre, and I'm also rooting for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. You know, we had a little ankle ankle deal. Yeah, I saw that. They said ankle, they said calf, but I think it's nothing. It was from the version of the story that I heard that I think has changed a bunch. They were doing some conditioning, and he like pulled, he was on the side of the field, and they just took pictures of him. So they really didn't know what was up, and they were like, Aaron Rodgers injured. And then Lazard was out too, and they were like, Lazard's hurt. I think he got kicked in the balls or like punched in the ball, so it wasn't even a real injury. Promo code Balls, (laughs) (laughs) But that's going to be such a storyline, the Jets.
5: Yeah, they're going to find anything they can.
4: One, it's New York. Two, it's Aaron Rodgers. And those two things by themselves already get a lot of press. Together, oh, man. Mm. I'm rooting for them, though. Mm -hmm. I usually hate these situations. I'm rooting for, for Rodgers to do it again. All right, but I go... Brett Favre, most annoying retirement of all time. Next. Uh, okay.
5: Current head coach openings include the Bucks, Suns, and 76ers. We talked about a little bit. If you were an NBA coach, which one would you choose?
4: It wouldn't be M- Milwaukee because I don't want to live in Milwaukee. The city's actually great, except in winter. I don't like cold. I was actually surprised at how awesome Milwaukee was. We did like four days there for American Idol. We did one of our stops there. Where it was basically open auditions. And so I would just go out with the camera. And they knew some of the people they wanted me to talk to. But some I would just go and find and make them sing. and But we'd spend all afternoon and all night in Milwaukee just doing normal stuff. It was an amazing city, but it would just be too cold. I don't want to go to Milwaukee. Who knows how long Giannis is going to be there anyway, but I just want to want to go to Milwaukee. Now, Philadelphia, same. I want to go to Philadelphia, it's cold, and they'll beat me up. <laughs> I I, I'm not cup out for Philadelphia. I liked Philadelphia. Again, I don't want to live anywhere cold. Philadelphia's sports media seems real tough. I think if you get to choose, that's a great job to get if it's the job you get. Mm. But if you're making me choose, I ain't going anywhere cold. And I'm not going anywhere where the team's kind of like, I don't know. Are they going to be here? Is Harden going to be here? Does Embiid want to stay? Is he going want to go to the Knicks? I don't like that with superstars. So I'm going to Phoenix because, one, it ain't cold. Two, they have a new owner. Is going to be a, like a celebrity himself. Young guy, wants to win. Three. They almost have it. They're thin. But with Booker and Durant, and it doesn't matter. You want to go Aiden? You want to go? You can list. They're about a player and a half away from being really unstoppable in the West. I mean, Denver's so good. But it's Denver and then everybody else in the West. But Phoenix could be that That. Can they beat Denver team? And I think they can if they've got just one and a half more guys. Meaning, give me another quality starter. Give me a, a three guy. Mm-hmm. Not playing the three, but give me a number three guy. And then give me a good bench player that can just shoot. Give me a shooter that can eat at some of those minutes. Probably a two or a three as well because, I mean, Katie and Booker play the whole game every game. So, I'm going to Phoenix. I like Phoenix. Phoenix is awesome. And if I haven't mentioned yet, it's not cold.
5: Mm. Yes. (laughs) Big factor there. Yes, next. (laughs) All right, Levi Stadium just got approved in San Francisco to host a Super Bowl in 2026. If there's one location you could go to a Super Bowl, where would it be?
4: To talk about Super Bowls, I sound a little out of touch, but they're not fun. They kind of suck. Now, I'm going to say that, and I understand I've been pretty blessed in being able to go to a couple. But I also think everybody should go to one if they can. You have to go to one just to understand what's happening and understand that it ain't that cool. i kind going to be honest with you. I kind of compare it to being rich. Always <laughs> like, if I'm rich, I'll fix all my problems. Nope. There's stuff I don't have to worry about that I used to when I was poor. But no, you're just, it's, you're more of the same person. You're just more of it. And if you're going crazy, you're crazier. There are times where I'm like, oh my God. I, it's not even the money part. It's the pressure of the performing, the ratings, the... It, everything that comes with it, because nobody just gets money with nothing else attached to it. Unless you win the lottery, you don't just get money because someone's like, ah, ha, you have a great smile. Here's some money. But unless you get there, you you don't really realize that noth- nothing really is different. Like I can pay my bills, but I'm gonna I, I I'm going cr- I go crazy. Like I'm just like, what's that? I'm so tired sometimes, and I'm not whining because it's awesome. I wouldn't trade for anything in the whole world because I get to do this stuff like this, right? Mm. Same thing with the Super Bowl. You have to go. To go, oh, yeah, okay, it's pretty cool. Yeah, how about that? I don't want to do this again. Did you go
5: days in advance or just that day? Do you remember? Both. Both, okay.
4: One of them we flew in day of to Miami. We flew in and we watched Drew Brees beat Peyton Manning. Yes. I believe that is that Super Bowl. But then we went to Indy and we went before. My thing is, though, I'm not interested in the parties and unless you're like a big-time celebrity, you can't even get in. So th- I couldn't get into a lot of the parties. And I didn't want to even try to get in or go because that's just not my thing. Like, I'm not cut out for social, anything. Maybe that's why I'm not good at being rich because I don't <laughs> like any of that stuff. I just like to be able to pay my bills and make sure my dog's can have surgery. Yeah. Then I'm good. Yeah. Like, that's the part of it that's cool. So I'd go if we were in Little Rock. They don't really have a stadium there for a Super Bowl or an NFL team. You know? Yeah, I'd go for a mountain pine, but I like it. But it's like prom to big build up, and you go and you're glad you went and you have a story, but it's like, hey, it's okay. So I'm gonna go Super Bowl. I don't, I'm good. It didn't matter where it is unless it's like a home one and they want me there. I, I don't, like LA, it'd have been cool because it's inside. A dome's cool, Indy was cool because of Dome, yeah. Miami was cool because of the weather. Remember, when they had it in New York and ended up being okay, but. Reason. That's freaking crazy to put one in New York open air stadium.
5: Yeah, I'm interested to see in San Francisco too because it rains there a lot.
4: It's cold. San Francisco's oddly cold. Yeah, exactly. We so. did uh, Breaking Bobby Bones in San Francisco, and you think California warm? No, it's way it's way up there. Yeah, yeah, and it's cold as crap. Yeah, it can be anyway. Yeah, yeah so uh, just so everybody knows, Super Bowl's overrated, but I hope you get to go once. <laughs> I didn't have to pay for any of it, so oh, oh no, I didn't pay. I wasn't gonna pay for that. No okay. way. I must spend that kind of money. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I went for, in Indy, I was doing a show on Fox Sports Radio, and it was Roddick and I, and they were like, hey, we'd love for you guys to go up and do the Super Bowl press row. The radio row? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, but I don't want to take everybody. I don't want to have to be, and they were like, you don't have to, you can literally have a really good spot, and you can just interview whoever you want. So they built us a huge stage. It was one of the bigger ones there. We, we kind of felt low like wow we got overdressed is what it felt like you show up to a party overdressed mm-hmm. they built this huge stage everybody else is at tables like really known personalities who i admire and we're like king Dingling up on the throne it was awkward for me and so we took lunchbox too all three of us went oh, that's awesome and lunchbox was kind of like it was andy and i and then lunchbox was the guy that would run and get guests or i mean he was basically kick off kevin
5: nice but not kick off kevin Oh, God,
4: no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey,
5: you want to yeah. come on the show?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when he yelled
4: at Warren Sapp, and Warren Sapp was like, get out of my face. <laughs> and then uh, Miami, we just went because Andy had tickets in a suite. It was like, dude, let's just go. That's nice. So we went. Yeah, It's good. That's a good part. All right, what else?
5: All right, last one here. Tom Brady was seen giving advice to the top four quarterbacks in the draft this year. What's the best career advice you've ever received?
4: Ooh, it's good. I'm going to go worst first. I was with a guy. Who does radio or did for 30 years or so and I was probably in my 20s like 24 25 this was just starting to work for me and he said hey let me give you some advice he said you just need to lay low and stay out of the way if you want to keep your job because if you're squeaky at all those are the first people to go and I remember having that moment where I was like man maybe he's right and every instinct of mine is wrong. Because he's been doing it for like 25 or 30 years. It didn't last long until I was like, there's no way I'm never going to survive laying low. Mm. Worst advice I ever got was lay low. Now, if you just want to be steady, but even then, if you ain't making way more money than they're making, you ain't making them way more money than they're spending, you ain't going to keep your job. Now, when you say laying low, do you mean like, stay out of the way. or All that. Don't get, everything. don't get in trouble. Don't rock the boat. Don't say anything controversial. Don't pick fights. Like, just lay low and do a pretty good job. If you lay low and do a pretty good job, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to keep your job. Hmm. And I was like, I'd rather roll the dice and try to be the greatest ever and flame out than just being, meh pretty good. So that was the worst advice I ever got. Yep. And I'm glad I didn't live by it, but I think he was coming from a good place when he told me that. Because he was able to lay low and being in radio for 30 years. Yeah. Uh, best advice I ever got was I was thinking about going on Dancing with the Stars. There were a couple offers at the same time to me of two different shows. One was a competition show where I would host it on a cable network, so not a network show. And one was Dancing with the Stars on a network, network which was ABC, but I wasn't hosting it. I was just one of 12 or 13. And I'd never watched Dancing with the Stars as far as like sitting down to watch the show. I'd seen clips or but I'd never watched Dancing with the Stars. I didn't really know what happened there except you dance and got a score. I never danced in my life. It wasn't interesting to me as far as watching it or following it because I didn't care about dance. I'd never danced. And I was like, I don't want to go on the show because it's all like at the time I thought it's all losers that go on the show that have like been famous before, and this is their last hurrah. So I called Charlemagne, who goes by Charlemagne the God. The Breakfast Club in New York City, who's probably, professionally speaking, one of my closest friends. Professionally, like, or closest people. We don't talk as, like, buddies a whole lot, but if I'm in New York, or he's here, or we have quite, we, we hit each other. Oh, he comes to my wedding. Like, that's, like, my dude. I trust him with everything. When I got in trouble, before I got fined the million bucks, when everybody else was hitting me up going, dude, oh, my God. Uh, he just sent me a page full of laughing emojis. Because he was like, dude, it's going to be fine. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You may have to pay a bunch of money or the company will, but they ain't it. But he was like, he's, he keeps it extremely real with me, so it doesn't matter if he says something good or bad. Like, I trust that that's his truth, that he's telling me his truth. And so I called him and I said, hey, man, think about doing Dancing with the Stars. I have this offer, but I have this other offer. I said, but I don't want to go on Dancing with the Stars if it's going to be like, if I'm going to be lame. And he said, do you think the dancing part's lame? I said, well, I don't know how to do it. He said, okay, let's remove that. So what's lame about it? I said, I don't know. If I go on there, like who's on that show? Urkel? Who's on that show? People, you know. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, but if you look to see the people that were on that show going the opposite direction, like Kim Kardashian was on that show, Michael Strahan was on that show when he was turning his career into a uh, media, Wendy Williams was doing that show before mm-hmm. she blew up. He said, Don't take and just look at what everybody else tells you to look at. Look at also and and you know, invest a little bit of time and seeing if there are any people that are trying to do what you're doing with it. He goes, and there are. He said, I ain't thought about that show in forever, but I can name like four or five people that use that show and went in the up direction. And I was like, dang. He's like, yeah, it's a platform. Go get it. You ever dance? No. <laughs> can you dance? No. We're going to get kicked off anyway. <laughs> so I did it, obviously, one, but yeah. that was the best advice I ever got as far as career advice. So I'll probably give him some pretty good advice too. I wish I could think of some. <laughs> I think I might be in the hole with him, though. That's pretty good advice for me. And so that was it. And the show that they offered me failed after one season.
5: Really? Yeah.
4: I can tell you what it is off the air.
5: Okay. okay. Well, yeah. Did you feel like that propelled your the Dancing with the Stars career or, like, got you more opportunities? Um, or just got your name out there more, your face, your...
4: I feel like that since I won, it showed the power of the platform we have. Mm-hmm. I feel like it... Open the doors to people going, Oh, you won. You must be a really good like there was just a respect with executives, not because of dancing, but figuring out how to win the show. Right. And I don't think it made me anymore, whatever famous is, because I did I'm just that's famous is not really a thing anymore. There are just certain areas that you're just more known because fame is so fractured. There are people that you may think is famous because you follow my TikTok or you watch their show on Car and Truck Network, or it's like if you're passionate about something and somebody's really good at it and known for it, to you they're famous. But there are people my wife loves. I, I never even heard of them. Mm-hmm. And they're famous to her. So the fame thing doesn't even exist. I don't go out anymore and go, I wonder if people are looking at me. Now sometimes I'm quickly reminded that people are looking at me when they're recording me and my wife having dinner. That stuff's always weird. Yeah. But it's not like fame where you're like, mm hmm, they know who's here. It's not at all. Even some of my friends that are pretty big country stars, they're like, yeah, it's just weird because we can go places and people that don't listen to country music, they don't give a crap, they don't know, they'll never know. So, no, I don't think it may, I just don't think fame's a, a real thing anymore. I think there's notoriety and then there's fame. I think I have some notoriety, but the fame part of it, you got to hit real hard to have fame. And I don't think I've ever hit that. So, I made a lot of money off that show. Could you make 10 grand the first check? Week one, you don't get paid. And I may say some of this wrong, but week two, because they don't kick anybody off week one. If you survive week two, you get 10 grand. Then it's like 10, 10, 10, 20, 20, 20, 50. It's something like that build up. But you just make it to the final episode, you get full pay. There's no like you won, you get money. Everybody making the final episode is getting like another 50 grand or so. Oh, okay. So. I made I made good money off of it, but it was it, to me that was just the it was the challenge of winning that thing when I was not good at it, and it showed me it doesn't matter what it is I can just I can attack it, learn as I go, pivot when I need to, and be successful. So this is, and Mike and I lived together in a crappy apartment in L. A. Mm. Is man it's wild times. Yeah, I'd never seen an episode of that show either, and then went and saw every episode you did. It was wild. I think back about that and it is wild times because it's nonstop work and to do that show I would do the radio show towards some on the weekends and I was dancing 12 hours a day and then Mike was always on call because if I had a hour and a half we'd run to the radio station and record something it's brutal but it was really it was amazing and even when you weren't rehearsing you were like writing down the steps trying to learn all the dances trying to just memorize I it I sucks so bad like I was really bad at that show and sometimes my feelings get hurt when people are like, oh, you suck. But then I remember, I do suck. I did suck. People are like, man, you were terrible. Like they're insulting me. They, they are. They're trying to insult me. There'll be some of these Dancing with the Stars articles that come up. They're like, worst ever. And they're like, Bye Bones. And I'm like, you know what? You can suck. Uh, you know what? They're right. They're right. Because <laughs> I think that too. I just don't like it when somebody else says it. Of it comes up every year. They're like, oh, not another Bobby Bones situation. Yes. Like, why? They changed the rules after I won the show. bunch of haters, they man. They changed. Well, if I was a diehard fan, I get it. It'd be like somebody coming to the NFL who wants to play quarterback, but he has three arms, and he can throw from either side. You're like, well, this is odd, and he's got an advantage, and I, it's not his fault. He has this advantage. It was, was born. I just came from a place where the platform is huge, and our our people are loyal. I'm loyal to them. They're loyal to me. It was amazing. Love it. Anyway, that's enough. Is that it? That's it. All right. Thank you. The stupidest name. A reminder, the 25 Whistles brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings app. Use the code Bobby Sports to get in on the action. So, hey, hey, it's to my own horn. Doot, doot. But when I miss, I'll let you know, too. This isn't one of those shows that's, like, only celebrating the wins. I will be upset about my losses, and you'll hear that later on. But I didn't tell you guys to bet that one. I told you to bet this one. So the recap from Tuesday night, Boston hit the one and a half points they were given because they won by 17. And I was at dinner. I was where, I was somewhere, because you texted me. Opry. I was working the Opry, and mm-hmm. Kevin goes, we did it, or something like I that. I just said one point. Is that That's what it, it. was? It I was like, point. what do you mean? <laughs> one point. And so the over-under was 216, and I went to 215. Wild. I said, take the under. Yes. So I didn't get to watch that live. I watched clips, or watched little pieces of it while I was working at the Opry in between. But thank you very much. <laughs> Tune the crap out of that. So let's go. Let's do it again. We got... Here's the thing the Celtics are going to win. I just don't know that they win by eight. So I'm going to go with the Heat plus eight. Nah, screw that. I can't do it. I'm going to go Celtics money line, even though it's not going to pay that well. Mm. It'll pay fine. Celtics money line, and I'm going with the over 215.5. I feel pretty good about that. Just get on, get on the train. We're 2 2 and we're hot. Celtics Moneyline, over 215.5, and then count your smiles. And if you want to take the 25 Whistles Parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code BobbySports. When you download the app, put in that code BobbySports. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877 8 hope and or text hope and 467-369. See show notes for full details. <laughs>
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Okay, he's got a movie called The Machine. He's super funny. He's a comedian. Look him up. You see a picture and be like, oh, it's that dude. Like, I knew who he was, but some people on the show were like, oh, yeah, we know him. We didn't know his name. Bert Kreischer." The movie's called The Machine. It's in theaters May 25th, which is Friday. So if you listen to this on Thursday, it's tomorrow. He's doing Fully Loaded Comedy Festival. Tops of the World Tour. He's got Razzle Dazzle on Netflix. All right, that's it. Here he is, Bert Kreischer. Bert, what's up, man? Bobby Bones. I am a fan, buddy. There is no way. Let me say this because I'm a massive Look, fan it, of yours. I'm There's no fan. way you can know who and I, I know am.
6: Intimate stuff about you. I'm a fan and I know intimate stuff about okay, you. Okay, listen.
4: Let's start with this because <laughs> here's what I want to say about you, Bert. Is that my wife tells me that everything's not a bit because I think everything is a bit that I either do on this show or on a stage. She goes, everything's sure. not a bit. With you sharing such personal information about your life in certain places, are you ever told, hey? It ain't a bit. You can't do all this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter, my daughter had this
6: said something absolutely hilarious to me. I can't even reference what it's in regards to, but she said something absolutely hilarious to me. That is one of the worst things you could say to another person. And I put it in my last special razzle dazzle and she saw it. She goes, yeah, you got to take it out. I was like, what? (laughs) She's like, that was a secret. These are some things are secret, dad. And so uh, I offered her 10 grand and she turned it away. And then I got to 100 grand. I said, i will give you $100,000 for this bit. She's like, Dad, when you die, I get all your money.
4: Wait, was it already up, and then you took it, or was it just done? It was posted. So
6: the way Netflix works, you send in your final, whatchamacallit, and then they got to upload it to the server. They had to take it off the server and re-edit the special.
4: And for $100,000, she, she wouldn't. Yeah. Man, that's okay. I like it. Good. I don't feel so alone. It's all, but hey, everything's fair game to me,
6: to a fault to a fault and I and I forget that not everyone's like that you know so like like uh, my, my wife I have, I have pilfered that poor woman's life I mean I talked about her giving birth <laughs> I talked about her farting at intimate times of love I've talked about I've talked about everything and that woman has rolled with
4: it is she funnier than you no oh okay my <laughs> wife's funnier than I am and it's like it sucks because she doesn't even care to be public she doesn't want to be public she she's better at what I get celebrated for. So when I go home, I'm not even the most talented at what I do for a living.
6: I'll tell you something, Bobby. I was at dinner one time and you know, like they always say that all the the ladies, I bet you're the funny one at home. And Leanne's like, I am the funny one. I I said to her and in front of everyone, I said, do you have any idea how insulting that is? (laughs) My comedy has paid for our lifestyle, the house that we're throwing this dinner party in, your car, our cell phones, her college, to think that you're the funny one at home is a slap in the face to what I do for a living, woman. <laughs> but does she really feel that way? Then she
4: stops saying it.
6: No, no, no. Okay. She. So Leanne's funny in her own... I'll tell you what. Here's the interesting part. Leanne and Georgia are the two... Jiminy Crickets in our life, like they witness funny stuff and they'll point it out. I'm not good at knowing what's funny, and neither is Isla. Isla and I live like a really untethered life, and George and Isla will point it out. Like my closing bit for Razzle Dazzle uh, about the escape room. I was on stage in I th- I think in in Jersey, and George just called from college. When a college student calls, you answer no matter what. I'm on stage. She was, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm on stage." She said, "Hey, are you telling the..." The uh, Escape room bit and I was like, no, that's not I don't have it. It's not a bit She, she should tell that and I was like really she's like, "Yeah, I remember da- Papa threw Nana into the wall and I was like oh and the room laughs, laughs right? She walked me through this bit and I, I was not telling it and
4: it became my closer Does she ever Improve a, my wife will improve jokes for me. I, I'll, I'll go. Yeah. What about this? And she like what if you said this here and I'm like I get so offended But then it's always better. Does she, your wife ever do that with you?
6: Yeah, there's a joke I have right now about my wife's my wife's family is uh, is real redneck, and uh, they she has like they, they're she has two cousins who are married, and uh, and they were saying they, they go they 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 kin but they ain't blood. That's how they defend it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's I turned it into a whole bit, and it's doing well. And then it didn't do well at the store the other night. And Leanne, I guess in the car, she has great comic instincts, and she goes, "It's too mean. You're being too mean. Like you need to." Like you need to soften it. Like they're my family. You gotta pretend like you like them. I and mean, it, it's just coming off mean. She's really Leanne is really insightful in business, in instincts, in like, like I I, I mean she. I did a series called The Cabin on Netflix. She went through and uh, watched every edit and gave notes. I couldn't even watch the thing. I I get so embarrassed. And so, but Leanne did that. She goes through everything with a fine tooth comb. She edits all my specials. She at like sits in the edit bay and goes, and she'll she's brutal. She'll be like, get to the funny. Get to the funny. What why are we thanking Omaha? Get to the funny.
4: Just get to it. Do people because uh media is so fractured, fame is so fractured, what even is fame anymore? But do people recognize you now as the guy on TikTok who has a podcast more than the guy that does stand up or more than the guy that has TV shows? Like, do you ever just get you're the co- the, the guy I watch on TikTok?
6: Yeah, I get. I actually get that a lot. You're the Kool Aid guy. Oh, I saw you on TikTok. You're the guy that. Yeah, you're the naked guy on TikTok. I get. It's crazy, especially when you see grown men that do it, and you're like, (laughs) like, are you on TikTok? Like, I I have a TikTok, but I, I, like, I have a TikTok that I I use, but I have a team that just posts my videos to it. Like, I don't. I'm not on. I'm on Instagram, I, like I'm an old man, I'm on Instagram, and my daughters have burner accounts, and so I have a burner account on TikTok, and my daughter's burner account showed up in my feed, and I gave it to my assistant, I was like, look at it, tell me if there's something I need to know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, once I once had a, somebody, I was in a meeting and greet, and they were like, hey, because I had on uh, clear glasses, and they said, hey, is there any way you would go get your normal glasses and put them on, and... So I can take a picture with you, and I was like, oh, "That's kind of weird." So I did it. But I, I was thinking about you before this interview. Do people ever go, "Hey, would you take your shirt off so I can get a picture with you with your shirt off?"
6: Yeah. Oh, last night we were at the Lakers game, and uh, and these fans, we were in a, we were in a box, and it was like, and it was a bunch of very famous, like the most famous comedians in the world. And these fans were wanting, were taking pictures, and then they're like looking at me and they're going, "Take your shirt off," and I'm like, "Can't I just be?" <laughs> standing next to the, the can't i just be on route mount rushmore instead of having like like take your shirt off
4: and how often do you do it though because you still i i saw you uh hitting a golf ball at one of these events and you took your shirt off to the golf ball like you still like i have to as well at times have to do it but are you starting to do it less and less
6: no i don't i <laughs> I, I i definitely there is a line but like You know, it's addictive. It's like, you ever wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm not drinking tonight. And then after you work out and you get through your day and then at like four o'clock, you're like, I want to drink because it's that first drink. That first drink is the one that tickles you. That's what's taking your shirts off. Like, it's like, it really tickles me. Like, it makes me like you rip it off and there's always a big pop whenever you rip it off and it. It just at whatever I'm about to do it adds to it. It makes it just a little bit better like a little sprinkle a little sprinkle of fairy
4: dust <laughs> Let's talk about the movie the machine a couple things that I want to say first is It's a question about comedy movies because there aren't as many I, I no. mean back at, 10 years ago 20 years ago. We live for them old school I mean, we could just list them all it was one after the other and it's what I look forward to why is there a void of these movies like yours, The Machine? But where are the comedy movies? I think it has to do with price point, in all
6: honesty, is that what happened is there was a, there was a heyday of comedy movies because they could make it at a great price point. And so, like, these early Vince Vaughn, uh, Owen Wilson, Will Ferrell, those movies were all made for, like, for like I, I was just kind of a conversation about this last night for, like, $30 million, I think. 50 million the, the early ones the beginning ones the ones that we're like our are the ones we loved and you could always make money back people were going to theaters and then as, as streamers started to show up you couldn't make money back on the price point that these guys needed to make their money right and so i think it was just a thing of price point so they made the machine for i think 20 million because they can i think what it is is you need i, I think hollywood got scared off woke culture scared everyone off a little bit cuz i mean some of the what they would say in these old comedies is absolutely atrocious now (laughs) Like you watch it you're like paging doctor who and so (laughs) but but what what i think there is happening now is there's a bunch of comics that have gotten platforms on their own through podcasting and 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 stand up and i think if i'm hoping if the machine does well it'll be proof in the pudding that that you can make a comedy with with Tim Dylan, Burt Kreischer, Mark Norman, Jay, Jay, uh, Big J Okerson, all these great comics. Tom Segura, uh, Joey Diaz. You can make it for thirty million dollars and make money back. That's why I'm, I'm I'm being serious when I say this. If you're listening, go out to the movies this Saturday, this Sunday, tonight. Go out to the movies and support. Comedy, live comedy, in in supporting this movie because if this pops, dude, that opens the floodgates for everyone because every studio will throw
4: twenty million at a comic and let them make their thing. The machine opens May twenty fifth, and it's only in theaters. And so, but this was a bit that you used to do in your because I've seen a couple different versions of it. Did the did the bit? Did the story? Improve? Like, did you learn how to tell it better, or did the first time you go out, did you just tell it as not even a joke? Like, how did it start? And can you let the guys here on the show who don't know the story kind of know what it's about?
6: Yeah, when I was 22 years old, I got involved with the Russian mafia, and we robbed a train. We robbed my class, <laughs> and it sounds ridiculous. The first time I ever told it was on Love Line, and it was a kid from my class calling in to Doctor Drew saying, "Hey, why don't you tell him about the time you robbed your class in Russia?" And I just that time I just told it just facts like, uh, yeah. Uh, and then as I told it, I tell it on other radio shows like piece by piece. And it would it would get better as you improve it. Just little things that either you remembered or or you, you were like, oh, I, I don't need to share all of that. And then I told it on Rogan and I never told it on stage. I told it on Rogan and Rogan's like, you need to tell us on stage. I was like, man, I, I'm not going to. It's not a stage story. And he, on his podcast, this is the early beginnings of Rogan, he told all his fans, you are to go out to his shows, you are to chant the machine until he tells us. From this day forward, this man is only to be known as the machine. Chant the machine until he tells it. That weekend in Columbus, the audience would not stop, and they were like, come on, Bert. We'll fake laugh. You got to do it, Bert. You got to do it. And so that first uh, weekend, I told it, and it sucked. It was 20 minutes long. And it sucked for a solid year, Bobby. Like it sucked so bad that that I, 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 at one point I was like, I, "This isn't going to work." And then one night I found the fix. The fix was the tag at the end of the joke. I don't, I don't. It's it's dirty, so I'll, I'll save it. But I used to think the end of the joke was "Tonight you party with us," but it wasn't. For whatever reason, the audience dictates how a story goes. And once I found the end. I I I changed my comedy entirely. Like I, everything clicked in an instant, and the the end was f that b. This is Russia, right? That's the end. Because then the audience started would applaud and go, "It's over. You're done." And man, it changed the way I did stand up. It changed so much. I was trying to be like a Dane Cook ripoff. Like I was oh, look, all of us were. Dane was so impressive, and and I wanted to be young. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to talk about drugs and edgy stuff. And then all of a sudden I told that story and I realized a good story is a good story. I can tell a story about my daughter. I can tell a story about my dad. I can tell a story about my wife about just the simplest stuff. And it changed I mean it changed literally the way I did everything. If you look at like the machine that the fir- it's uh, it's on Netflix right now. You that's that you can see hints of Old Bert. When you go to Secret Time, that is after I learned how to tell the machine and that is that is That is who I am today.
4: So, run the plot of the movie here. So, because and is it exactly like the story? I mean, you got some fun, and you got the guy from Star Wars in the movie too. So, you got the guy from Star. Yeah. To do the (laughs) do the plot here, just so we know what we're getting into here.
6: Okay. I'll tell you this. This is the interesting part. Is I when I went to sell it to Legendary, I pitched him two other movies, and he bought those movies. He's like, "All right, which one do you want to make?" And I was like, "Well, if you're telling me I can make a movie, I'd want to make the Machine." And he's like, "Yeah, why didn't you pitch that?" I was like, I don't know, so I'm afraid it would be good and I'd get kidnapped by the Russian mafia, and he was like, sold, that's our movie, that's our movie. So the, the, the movie is a reimagining of that bit, my viral bit that's like 80 million views, that, this movie is a reimagining of that. So it's the, the story is me and my father, played by Mark Hamill, aka Luke Skywalker from Star Wars, my, me and my father get kidnapped by the Russian mafia, and we get taken back to Russia by the mafia, to atone for the crimes of my past. For me, so the story of me robbing the train, I did something really wrong on that, and now I gotta go back to Russia and pay for that. And it really is, what I love about this movie and what I loved about the, the. it's an old school action comedy, you know? Like, uh, like Midnight Run. Like Midnight Run is just a good story that happens to be funny. Ju- uh, uh, Romancing the Stone that's a good story that happens to be funny like uh the the last boy scout like there's great action comedies that like i love that genre straight comedies are man that is a tough that's that you gotta nod to those guys like leave it to uh waitiki that guy that does the thing but like so it's an action comedy it's me and mark hamill we get kidnapped by the russian mafia and and it's just a wild ride. So
4: then let me ask this be one of my final questions. I would be afraid that somebody in Russia would actually, if you are offensive to Russian mobsters, which why wouldn't you be? It's hilarious that someone would like hack your crap just to show you you don't mess with Russia.
6: Uh, yeah. Well, let's not put that in the universe, Bobby. But-
4: <laughs> I would, I'd, be, I'm be freaking out. I'll be like, I, I mean, there's, I started talking about North Korea once, I stopped mid sentence, and I was like, you know what, I'm good. I'm stop t- I almost out I just don't want to deal with the hackers of North Korea trying to get into my life. So, well,
6: I'll tell you what, I live pretty clean. I do. I mean, I don't have, I, I don't have many secrets. I mean, I, there's, I'm sure I do have a few. I'm sure once they hack your mainframe, you're like, oh, I got a lot of secrets. Oh, I got a lot of secrets. <laughs> but if, if, if Putin takes it upon himself, and he goes, this is my mission. I'm going to ruin this kid. This kid. I'm 50. What am I talking about? <laughs> I guess to him, I'm a kid. Then I think this movie will do very well at the box. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, think it it's,
4: I think it's very funny. I, good, luck. Okay. good luck to you. Uh, would you ever go to Russia and promote this? So I tried. I tried.
6: And uh, my wife put the kibosh on it. I was like, yo, let me take a screener to Putin. Mm. I, you know, I'm not You're really big in the news, You're out of Bobby. Mind. You're I'm not out of big mind. in the news. And so I didn't realize they were kidnapping, they were arresting journalists. <laughs> and my wife's, I was like, yeah, I'll just go to Russia. I've been there before, it's not that bad. And she's like, no, they're they're locking up journalists. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not a journalist, I'm just a comedian. And they're like, yeah. they'd trade
4: you for an arms dealer in a heartbeat. Yeah, they poison you quick. That You know, though, while you get bumped, all of a sudden you're poisoned. That's what they do over there. Or you jump out Dude, of a window. You, I know, I watched that. I, I, I was on Netflix. Did you watch that on Netflix? I don't. I've watched it on the news. I don't know. What you watch on
6: Netflix? There's a whole documentary about, about the people getting knocked off by, by, Bobby, why are we even talking about this? We're put in the universe, Bobby. <laughs> I'm just telling you how I feel. That's what I would be scared about. Okay, Keep look. that inside, Bobby. Look. Keep that inside. You're, the guy, you're Every- the guy in an orgy going, should we wear condoms? <laughs>
4: you know what you're right and i am that hey, guy Bobby, can i ask you something now, i don't know how come, Bart, how come, how come I, don't, I don't do your show you more often i don't you've never offered up to come on the I, show so i don't know the dude, answer i'm to a that.
6: fan i'm a fan i'm a fan and i and i always wonder why i, we, I never do this you've show. never
4: said hey can i come on the show not one time so how do i know that you want to come on the show if i never know how come you never had me on the podcast because well, i've never said Bobby, hey can i be on the podcast Can can you, will you be on the podcast? No, no, this is not real life on a, we're on the air. And so we do fake stuff. Like you invited me to your podcast and then I hit you up afterward and you're like, no, here, talk to my PR person. And they go, oh, he's busy. That's exactly what would happen.
6: I'm going to put it in the, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this happen. I want you to be a guest bear. Okay.
4: Look, I, this is fun. This is a fun bit, right? Yeah. It's a fun bit. Uh, We're having fun. Doing? It's Mert Mert's funny take a shirt Bobby. off. You know I'm uh, uh, there he took oh, he did take a shirt off. All right, there we go. There he okay. Goes. Okay. Look at these look at these delts, Bobby. I'm jacked. Dang, dude, you are jacked. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on testosterone. <laughs> are you I know I'm asking a real question because I did not expect you to have by the way, he's got the muscles on his neck at a level that I've never seen them. Are you lifting? I benched two eighty five this morning. One time or Multiple. One time. Oh, yeah, one time. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I mean, I can do 225, like six, so I don't know. Yeah. Really? Yeah, hey, Bobby, man.
6: let's do a little boys' weekend. You come out to LA, we'll
4: work out. I'll have you on my cooking show. We'll do two bears, <laughs> fresh bears. You All can shoot right. me up with tea. This is never going to happen. I would love to. I'd, yes, the answer is yes. It's a bit, right? Absolutely. No, it's not a bit, Bobby. Absolutely. It's not a bit. It. Okay. Listen, everybody, go watch the machine. Um, I don't know what yeah. to say, but yeah, I'll be over. Heck, I'll be over today. <laughs> It's a bit. Right. Yeah. Oh. So there he is. Hey, Bert, there he is. Yeah. Bert, yeah. All right, go
2: watch The Machine. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy.
3: My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it.
1: I never seen a man
6: take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of.
2: I get the impression that you don't
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
4: podcasts. All right, Burt Kreischer, super funny, and I did text him. Is, did you guys leave that in the interview where he gives the first part of his number? Let me take that out. Oh, you did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. So at the end of the interview, he's like, Hey, text me. I'll prove to you. Did you leave the part where he's like, come do my podcast? And yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, fine. So he, gets, he gives me his number. And then he texts me. And I, text him. I was like, hey, dude, it's funny. He's like, yeah. Great. Come on podcast. And I was like, okay, well, you finish all your press. And if you hit me back in a few weeks and you still want it, we'll definitely talk about it. I just wanted to feel pressured because he said it on that, that I had to go on his podcast, which is really good, by the way, really popular. So there's that. Bert Kreischer. thank you for coming on the show. That's pretty cool. The chase for the NBA titles in full swing. While the best in the NBA battle it out, you can get all the playoff action at your fingertips with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, everybody can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, place the same-game parlay on any NBA game. If your bet loses... You get a bonus bet back in the amount of your initial bet up to $10. Download the app now. Sign up with the code Bobby Sports. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code Bobby Sports. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem. 1 800 Gambler in New York 877 8 and or text HopenY 467 369. See show notes for full details. Okay. Patrick Mahomes was talking about. Quarterback's getting paid. And to him, he says, legacy and winning rings and not money are the most important thing. And I can absolutely agree with that. That's how I feel about this. And I say that even to with like this show and creating something. There are times where I take the money that I have been paid in my contract when my other people can't get paid. I'm just making a comparison to what NFL players can do and will do and Maybe we'll see Patrick Mahomes do this. I pay them for my salary. I just go, okay, you don't want to give them... I don't tell them. There are people over the years that I've just been like, they need a raise. Just take it from my salary. It's like taking lower money so other people on the team can make money. Mm-hmm. And if Mahomes starts to do that, I go like, that's for, for real, real. I do believe him. I feel like Patrick Mahomes is a pretty authentic guy. I believe him too. But he's also making... Well, 450 million bucks in that deal. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to say that when you make 450 million bucks. But also, I don't know what he's done. He's, he may be, who knows? But I do believe him. And it's hard to believe somebody that's making half a million bucks and they go, well, money's not important. But it's like it's easy to say when you make half a million bucks. No, half a billion bucks. Half a billion. Yeah. 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 He's he could say, make more. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like yearly yeah. wise. Yes. So. I believe him. People are giving him a hard time, and I will say that I, it's hard to believe somebody when they say money's not the most important thing if they're making half a billion dollars. <laughs> but Patrick Mahomes seems like a pretty authentic, genuine dude who wants to win, and I see him as a guy that would go, "All right, restructure this part of the deal. I'll take a look." Tom Brady did that. Yeah, he sure, because he wanted titles. Tom Brady's a ring guy. Yep. At least later on, and you know what? Oh, oh, easy to be a ring guy after you have all your money, and your wife's got a billion dollars too. Okay, what do you want me to do? He did say take less of my take less of this contract so I can pay other people. Yeah. So I think you'll see Mahomes do that later if he's not already talking about doing it, especially situationally. Like if it's like for a specific player, like Kelsey. I don't think he's gonna go. Hey guys, here's the thing. I just woke up this morning feeling generous. Take 10 mil out. Do whatever you want with it. That probably ain't going to happen. But if it's like specifically to get somebody that he wants or keep somebody that he wants, I could definitely see him doing that. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the new fair catch rule?
5: I get it. I'm not surprised by it. And I understand why players are mad. It's going to take jobs away. And that kind of sucks. Like the NFL is going towards that route. where are taking the concussions out, which I understand. I don't like it because I like watching the kickoff. I like watching the kickoff return. But they got to save face.
4: Let me read you the article and then I'll give you my feelings, which is the accurate feeling to have. Of course. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, Tuesday, NFL owners approved a proposal that will allow teams that fair catch kickoffs and safety kicks behind the 25-yard line to spot the ball at the 25-yard line. The rule will go into effect for one season on a trial basis. For example, if you fair catch it on the 9 You don't have to stay on the nine. You go to the 25. Mm. Just so everybody knows exactly what's going on here. League officials said the kickoff plays generate the highest rates of concussions. They go through all the stats. Players are upset this will take the play out of the game and ultimately lead to some player losing their job as core special teamers. Do away with the kickoff completely. There's no need. How many times does something actually happen on the kickoff versus how many times are the people getting injured And and what about that time that could just be another offensive play? I'd rather see an offensive play than a kickoff return. You? But. I love it. Let's go. Let's go, Skip Bayless. (laughs) So, that small amount of
5: times you do see something makes it so exciting. Absolutely. Remember Naheem Hines against Patriots? How fun it would be if they
4: didn't wear helmets? That would be so fun. There's a lot of things that would look spectacular when they could kill receivers across the middle, you know, or when they could rock quarterbacks. Yeah, it was fun. Yes, it's fun to see, but it sucks <laughs> whenever somebody gets hurt. that's valuable. And when everyone's like, we can't believe quarterbacks, they can't even be touched. And I'm like, I get it. That's annoying. However, the more annoying thing is that if you have a franchise quarterback and he's out for three or four games and you lose three or four games and then the ratings are down and then the – and they're like, well, that's not football. Well, you never played real football either, idiot. Not you, Kevin, anybody. <laughs> somebody who never played it down is like, I oh, like real fo- – they should be playing real football where they just get – why don't you play real football, fat boy? <laughs> you never played it? You can tell... So, I say no kickoffs at all. You just start at the 25. Give me another offense play.
5: <sighs> no. <laughs> because nine, it, it even said 99.3% of kickoffs did not have one concussion of the entire year. So,
4: 07 Yeah. You, so concussion. Okay, so out of every 200 kickoffs, you got one player with a concussion that's probably affecting the rest of their life. 200 kickoffs. Yeah, he's making a lot of money doing it, too. Nope. Not kickoff returners. You're talking about league minimum. Uh, Yeah, 500 grand. Or 250, I think is what it is. Okay, cool. And then let's split that in half because of fees, taxes, agent fees. Yes, it's a lovely life to play in the NFL. It would be awesome. I wish I could do that. I wish I had the athletic. Kickoffs are stupid. I think they're exciting. And I want football to be around, and they're going to have to do things to make sure football stays around for a long time.
5: What about, like, the, what is it, UF, no, XFL?
4: I look at everything long-term. You know, I'm a long-term investment guy. You're gonna keep doing this stuff that is kind of fun occasionally, but also it's pretty dangerous. Then eventually they're gonna to have to cut it anywhere, or they're gonna have to cut the game. They're gonna have to start trimming these corners. That's a big corner. The kickoff return, nobody cares. Most of them go out of they don't return them. But when they do, it's so fun. Is it though? I feel like most of them don't kick yeah. and onside kicks, I don't give you that bull crab. Those never work.
5: Remember um how many Devin Hester in the Super Bowl opened the Yeah, but kickoff. it's like one per...
4: Remember. The five thousand people you can't name that return to kickoff to the twenty-one, or to the eighteen. Not exactly, can <laughs> you can't name them, Bobby. You're talking to a guy whose name is Kickoff Kevin, though. Oh, we have changed his name. Yeah, he,
5: my great point. Thank you.
4: See? Dang. What is it? Is it a uh, fair catch? We have changed Kevin. Yeah, no. we, we can be kickoff jackoff Kevin. <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, 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 no. I like Keep it. Keep the kickoffs.
4: Like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, it's uh, kickoffs are fun, but at the risk of. Having eventually different people in government going, oh, let's grandstand. The NFL concussions. Because eventually that's gonna happen again. And look at this right. Ra- just cut that cut the almost meaningless stuff to save the stuff that really matters. And kickoffs are boring to me anyway.
5: You just want to see it be like a hundred and hundred to eighty
4: or something every game. Let's make the field.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs>
4: Let me, impose, let me put in some new rules. Uh, I get it. The league must think there's something to it. They're going to try it for a year, and if it's so stupid, they'll, they'll turn it back, and yeah. people can get crushed. What about punts?
5: Those are crazy. But they're fun. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, and I guess the different... It's different with what the people can do on a punt versus a kickoff, because a kickoff, you're kind of running down nobody in front of you. You're running as fast as you can, as hard as you can. Where a punt... You got different situations. You got linemen. You got, you know, you have the, the gunners obviously on the sides mm-hmm. who are trying to go, but they just even have people trying to stop them. Yeah, from the game. They push them out of bounds. So punts are different in that it's not just run, collide. A little strategy to a punt.
5: Yeah, and now there's the rules where you can't just lay a guy out trying to return. Oh, I wish it was. Why? <laughs> oh, it's so
4: fun. Oh. Those guys are like. But cr- those rules too were oh, met man. with the same feeling that you have right now about kickoffs at one point. But you don't even have – you won't even have a return anymore. But how many returns are there anyway? I feel like kickoffs are just a waste of time anyway because most of them aren't even returned anymore, period. That, I, yeah, I don't They just kick it back in the end zone, and I just wasted, I don't know, two minutes, and now they're going back to commercial.
5: That part I hate.
4: Yeah. I that. The commercial part. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let me do this Lakers segment that we did, and then we'll do final thoughts. So I'm going to throw this to a segment we recorded on Tuesday after the Lakers lost to the Nuggets Monday night, and it's stupid. All this is stupid. And so enjoy a stupid segment. Here you go. (laughs) Okay, so recorded this on Tuesday. So by the time you hear this, it'll be Friday most likely. But I don't want to lose my vigor. Because I was watching Lakers last night and they lost. By the way, the first half. And I knew not to think they were going to win. But I did feel pretty good about it during the first half. And I was like, okay, they were were at 10 in the second quarter. And so I turned it off for a little bit. Just was a good, eh, good good-ish husband. Had some work to do too. Turned back on the fourth quarter. And... They were either up one or down one in the early fourth quarter, something like that. So I'm like, oh, God dang. Like, let's go. And so I'm watching the game, and I'm like, you know what? I looked at the line, and it was <laughs> Lakers plus one and a half. Okay. In game. in game. Lakers plus one and a half. And they're playing in L.A., and LeBron was just taking over the game because he felt like he had to. And I'm like, let's go. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I, I, I bet a lot. I bet a lot. Oh, no. So I took the Lakers plus one and a half. Oh, no. They lost by two. Yep. So I took the Lakers plus one in a freaking half thinking there's no way, one, they're going to lose, and two, the game was so close that they may lose by one, but I have to stop betting NBA games. I'm so bad at it. We don't know what's happening with the game. Boston, by the time this airs, it'll be in the future and we'll know what's happened. Mm-hmm. Either the Celtics are done or they're still in it, And but I have to stop betting, not on NBA games, period, but betting a whole lot of money. Because I have a feeling, an in-game feeling on NBA games. Terrible. It's, yeah, it's the hardest one. I was yelling. I was so into the game. My wife's like, since when are you a Lakers fan? <laughs> and then I, had, I made up a story. Uh, I just want to see LeBron win another ring, which wasn't true. I, I would have liked to see seen LeBron win another ring. Yeah. So I bet, I bet that um, Lakers plus one and a half, they lost by two. And then I also bet the over at 227.5. And in that over, it was at minus 300 when I bet it because it was late in the game. And I was like, well, there's no way they're not going to hit this. And they they freaking didn't hit that either. It ended up at 224. What four. What'd you say you got it at? (sighs) 227.5. And so not only that, the Lakers had a chance because Schroeder missed a three from the corner wide open. Yep. Wide open. And then... Hachimiri missed one from the top. Pretty open. And that final play when LeBron goes in, they're running a... Well, first of all, they had the inbounds mm-hmm. that they didn't get to work, but then they went down and played defense and stopped Denver and got the ball back for one final possession. And I was like, this is it. Let's go. And LeBron kept it like he should have. I'm surprised they didn't call a foul. Not because it was a foul, but because one, it's LeBron. Two, to extend the series... Or at least put it in overtime. 1,000%. And same. you could have... Listen, it was not a foul. I'm going to say it again. It wasn't a foul. But you definitely, if you nitpicked it, could have called that a foul. You can call anything close a foul. Because they were... body. It's like holding in the NFL. Some holds are way more obvious than others. But... Who was it that stripped the ball out? I'm trying to... It was Jamal Murray? Time. Yeah, so yeah, So Jamal Murray. LeBron's coming through. Murray, hand right on the ball. But at the same time... I think Gordon jumped up and ended up blocking the shot. It Mm -hmm. was not a foul. I'm not saying it was a foul. But there were parts of him that hit LeBron in a non-foul, but the the refs, if they really wanted to, could have called a foul. Very it wouldn't have been that controversial. It would have been slightly like, oh, LeBron. But then, so I was surprised the NBA didn't do that. Same.
5: I was a little surprised they took a two also. I thought they were going to take a three just because I didn't think they wanted to go to overtime for multiple reasons. The Lakers, they look gassed. I
4: mean, they just missed two threes. Tired. Yeah. That three from the corner, from when you're we're watching it, because Schroeder's at the bottom of the screen. It was from that right corner. He he couldn't have been more open. Yeah, I'd have put money on me to hit that two. If, man, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> <I> wouldn't. <laughs> now we're a little too far. But yeah, the Lakers are done. They're over, and now and again you're gonna hit this Friday. So who knows what's gonna happen between now and then? But LeBron's going. I may retire. I don't know what I'm gonna do. He's not retiring. He already told us what he's going to do. He's waiting for his son to play. His son's going to play 1 year next year at USC, get drafted over, what he should get drafted because they know where he goes. LeBron's going to go. LeBron's already played his played his cards. He's not retiring. He's not retiring. I like LeBron. Here, the reason I like LeBron, two things. One, he met the hype. The impossible hype. He met and exceeded it. And two, He's just not been in trouble. Any of these athletes that are 16, 17, 18, 19 years old that have all the access and all the money, usually along the way they make a couple real immature decisions that get them in trouble in some way or the other. I don't care what sport. It's hard to, or an actor that's 15, 16. It doesn't matter really. If you're a kid and you're given all the access and you have all this power. LeBron's been pretty good. Mm -hmm. That we know of, he's been an altar boy.
5: Yeah, and I respect that. Even Kobe and MJ had their troubles.
4: I respect that. So I like LeBron. I'd like to see him win another ring. Didn't happen this year, but wanted to come on because I'm so fired up at the stupid bet. <laughs> because I, I I just shouldn't do it. I'm just put, I want to hold myself accountable. If i had to put like fifty bucks, I'd have been like, okay, it was fun. We didn't get a run, but I didn't. I, I did. I didn't. I did a lot. I did a lot.
5: Can you say how much or no? Eh. Is it that too much? It yeah,
4: was. Okay. It was three. It was. Um, four figures. Wow. Because I was like, this is easy money. There's no such thing as easy money. <laughs> no, not in the NBA. And I'm done with this segment now. I just want, I'm angry. And I think by the time that Friday comes around and we're doing the show, I'm not going to be as angry. I'm not going to be as irritated. I'm not angry at anybody except myself. I just shouldn't have done it. I sh- I-, I can't do that. NBA games, college football. I'm still going to do that. Cause I still feel pretty good about that.
5: Now, does your wife have any idea when you do these kind of bets?
4: She doesn't care. Okay. So, no. Sometimes I'll tell her. Or sometimes I can't help it. I'm like, I just lost a lot of money. It just, like, comes barreling out of me. And she's like, well, then don't bet if it's going to bother you. And I'm like, well, to me, it's also a competition. Yeah. That I can outsmart the app. (laughs) (sighs) But, no, I mean, she doesn't care. Because I'm as responsible as could possibly be. And I watch out for any sort of addiction. Because I was a big car player. Poker, gambling, oof. Really? Yeah, I loved it. I was good at it. And so I'm always on the lookout. And I wasn't there, but even then I stopped playing because I was like, there's a place, there's an unhealthy place that you can get. Mm-hmm. And that's what we talk about it on the show. Like, there's some numbers to call if you have trouble with it. But it, inter- betting for me is entertainment. I just entertained myself a little too hard last night. <laughs> a little too much entertainment? <laughs> yeah. Like drinking too much. Yeah, exactly. No, I've done that plenty of times. Yeah. yeah. I, I just entertained myself a little too much. I'm just okay. irritated. That I couldn't beat the system. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all. Let's uh, cut the clip and go back to normal schedule programming. I'm Elliot Connie, and this
2: is Family Therapy.
3: My best hopes I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it.
2: I never seen a
6: man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken
2: care of. I get the impression that you don't
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you
4: get your podcasts. Okay, thank you guys for being here. Mike, is there anything I have not done that You're I'm supposed good. to do? All right, thank you. On It's going to be Tuesday before we get the new one up because Monday's a holiday. I don't know, best guest ever. In person, for sure. We've had Dan Patrick, obviously, and Rich Eisen and Colin Cowherd as a guest, but they were they were all Zoom. Kevin Tellerberg is coming up on Tuesday.
5: Two-time Super Bowl champion, Logan Ryan, NFL corner safety, kind of a hybrid. All American in college at Rutgers. Yeah, it's uh this is awesome.
4: He did almost an hour. We talked about everything from what uh you know, speed of the game from high school to college. We talked about what it was like to be recruited as a four-star, what it was like when he was a three-star and then somebody watched one game, dinged him to a four-star, and then how his life changed because somebody just happened to see him and give him that fourth star and how everything changed after that and then how he gets drafted to the NFL we talked about Tom Brady oh, I forget that there's so much New England in that for you. Oh, it was beautiful. You had a personal boner too, not just a football (laughs) one. Oh, I sure did. Dang, I didn't think about that. The Belichick story
5: had, oh, that was my favorite
4: how we keep getting all these Boston people on here? I'm just like, man, Kevin's lining it up. I'm like, how do we get the Boston mayor today? Uh, so, yeah, that'll be coming up on Tuesday's episode, which we will do one next week for sure. Uh, final thoughts. Let's go around the room here, and let's go over to kick off Kevin first. Kevin?
5: Yeah, I'm going to ask you a question uh, to see my fandom here because you're a busy guy and a big fan. You're always doing stuff at night, even during the week. And, you know, tonight we could talk about the game, and I am going to a concert. Concerts start at the same time as a game. Am I a bad fan for that? I will be watching on the, my phone. I'm going
4: to say no, because you can have a phone, and it's 3-1. Yes, okay. And you don't really want to, because if they lose, I'm, I'm not watching, I'm not, I don't want to watch after the loss, anyway. So, I'm going to say no, you're not a bad fan. If it's 3-3, mm-hmm. if it's game seven, you'd be a terrible fan. Agreed. Okay. If it's game six, I'd say pretty bad fan. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Who cares? It's, you're down 3-1. You're probably not going to come back and win the whole thing anyway. Go have fun at the show. At least you can do that and have fun. It's going to be a miserable losing a freaking series, you know? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. That's cool. what I would say. Yeah. Read our video guy, camera guy extraordinaire. What do you have? Hmm. Uh, do you think you're, uh, the balls that have your face on it, the golf balls, uh, when you lose those and people find them, do you think that they know that those are your balls, or do you think it's just like a super fan? Here's the thing about my balls. <laughs> Unmistakable. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, that's. Funny. I didn't, I I'd also assume that everybody who sees that ball is going to know that's me. Because you kind of have to know what I look like. Like I talked about fame earlier. I don't think that's everybody who picks up a golf ball is going to be like, well, look at that. There he is. Arkansas' own Bobby Bones. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think that's a thing. So, no, I don't really worry about that. Um, maybe, no, nah, I don't worry about that. No, okay. okay. Right. Is that it, Reed? That's it. Thank yeah. you. I'm going to Utah. Because we're going to go watch the softball super regionals. My brother in law is the assistant head coach at the University of Utah. He's only been over there three years, but the program's completely turned around. First time they've ever hosted a super regional. So we're going to go root them on. Hopefully, I think they're playing San Diego State. And I hope they win. Go to the College World Series. It'd be super cool.
5: That'd be fun.
4: Yeah. His mom, Patty Gasso, has won two national championships in a row at Oklahoma. Going for a third. They are unstoppable. And so they'll play in a Super Regional, too. But they'll probably just win that easily and go to the College World Series. I'm so into college softball. Who knew? What's
5: You've been to softball and college baseball World Series. Is there similarities, differences?
4: The truth mm-hmm. is the college softball World Series is much more fun. Really? More action. The bases are shorter. They hit the ball more. They, It's just more action. You know, I love baseball. Baseball's slow. So, the college softball game, there's just more going on. It's harder to get somebody out. Again, the base paths are shorter. The mound, the rubber, I should say, is shorter to the plate And call it, call it softball. It's just better. Mm. If you're saying generic, straight up, what do you want to watch? I'm going to watch a baseball game all day long. But if it's the college world series and the college softball world series, like there's a difference too in the vibes of the games because – of how the athletes are. It's weird to watch a college softball game and they're down 3-1, but they have their hats on back and they're like, you can't, everybody dance now. You can't, everybody dance now. And they're just full breaking it down. And I'm like, dang, like that's, that's fun. There's more fun that's had it in a college softball game. You're allowed to smile. You're allowed like women rock. Dudes are douches. You know, they got the eye black on they Gotta be serious. Mm. That's what makes it more fun because of the environment there. The environment's like that in the stands too a little bit. It's almost like the Savannah Bananas, but college softball. It's that kind of thing, except that's not exactly happening on the field. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I mean, but the college baseball World Series is cool, too. Arkansas is playing in the SC tournament. They won walk-off home run last night against Texas A&M, second round. So SC tournament's weird, though, because you go way far. You've played a lot of freaking games, and you're kind of tired going into hosting a regional college baseball. And then nobody ever wants to lose. But I'm telling you, they're, I'm telling you. The absolute truth. There are times where you you don't want to lose, but you ain't going to try that hard to win because you don't want to exhaust your best arms knowing that that SC tournament doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. So Arkansas will try to win, but we started a pitcher that had like a 4 ERA in that game. We didn't start the ace. But also we came off a pretty, you know, terrible series against Vanderbilt. But uh, as you can see, I'm into both. Okay. I just have family in college softball and just my heart and soul in college baseball. That's it. I like it. Thank you. You guys have a great weekend, although today's only Thursday when this comes out. Have a great Friday and then a three-day weekend. Hope it's safe. And hope you enjoy the interview. Follow us on social media, at 25Whistles. We've got a good one for you coming up Tuesday. Kevin, good luck with the Celtics. Thank you. They, see, they Tonight, that's Thursday. They play Saturday. Mm-hmm. They, would they play Memorial Day if they mm-hmm. keep going?
5: It would be Monday or Tuesday.
4: I mean, they could... When we come back, either they're going to be so in it, it's party time, or sucks for you, buddy, it's over. (laughs) Yeah, Monday. Dang, we're going back to Tuesday, so game five, six, it'll be over. Seven. It'll be over by the time we come back. So congratulations on the win. Yeah. (laughs) Also, dude, I'm very sorry that didn't work out for you. Thanks, man. Yeah, I know. We'll get them next Ah. year. All right. (laughs) Let me blow the whistle and we'll get the crap out of here. Bye, everybody. Theme song written by Bobby Bones and performed by Brandon Ray. Follow Brandon on socials at Brandon Ray Music. Thanks to our crew, segment producer at Kickoff Kevin, video producer at Reed Yarberry, and executive producer at Mike Destro. Most importantly, thank you for listening. I'm Bobby Bones. We'll talk to you next week.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith